It's Tuesday, and I'm Del Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. This performance art opening you were doing. I know, I wanted to do that, um, you know, that old school broadcaster. Remember those, like, yes. Huntley and- uh, Yes. Huntley and Brinkley. You're Walter Cronkite. Yes, the big yeah. boy voice. They call it the big boy voice. Or I, as I, sir, as I used to think of it, it was my my frat boy. Don't get beat up for being a sissy voice. Hey, what's up? Hey, bro, bro. It, it, it slides from sissy to newscaster to please don't hit me. <laughs> That's the range. Hey, everybody, welcome to our show. Uh, please share the broadcast if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. Type your comments, your questions. We'll address the ones we find interesting. We'll skip the ones we don't. How are you on this Tuesday, Del Shores? I'm okay. I guess I'm all right. Are you all right? Are you going to do it? Happy Emerson. How are you? Uh, well, now that this has become my personal like anxiety diary, uh, I feel like I have to keep telling the people I'm doing okay. The side effects from my medication have made the last couple of days interesting, uh, but we're getting through and waiting for the happy part to kick in. I don't think they've been interesting because you've been yawning every time I talk to you. That must not be it, that interesting. <laughs> Y'all, first of all, don't deep dive on the internet when you're taking antidepressants for what people say can happen to you. Um, but the list of standard side effects includes yawning, and I have been yawning like my life depended on it. Poor Blake thinks I think he's boring. Dell thinks I think he's boring. So if I yawn during this show, it's not because I'm not having a good time. And you do, I love the way, you know, those suppressed yawns where you don't really want to yawn, you're going. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I fell down a rabbit hole on the internet because like I am want to do, and you know, they don't know why yawns are contagious, like what it is in the brain that makes it sympathetic between one person and another. The answer is they don't know. It's true. And I, when I found that out, I used to start them uh, just because I was a little shit in church. What? I would start yawning and I, it is absolutely true. You try to get some, you know, Brother Fullerton's attention. You go, and then Brother Fullerton yawns, and then Brother Pio, and then Mary Esther Price, you know, sitting up there ready, waiting to sing her solo. Everybody starts yawning. At this point in our live together, I know all of these people so intimately well, I can really see it happening. I mean, if you all haven't seen all of Dell's stand-up specials, they're all available at DellShorts.net, right? DellShorts.com. Yeah, DellShorts.com. I finally... Uh, I, forever, I could not have DelShores.com. It was a construction company in Indiana. And so finally, they, they went belly up, and I was able to snag DelShores.com. So now I have it. You can also get all my stand-ups, most of them, on Pride. Every, uh, I've been getting a lot of people uh, discovering me lately. Yeah, but I was thinking pay for it because you yes, don't need money. Yes. If you want to make me a little money, which would be nice during this pandemic, uh, go to delshores.com uh, forward slash shop and just shop, 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 shop. Yep. Um, and you can learn who all of those people are because the stories of them are told through the specials. Mary yeah, Esther yeah. Price, 
Poor brother Pio holds a special place in my heart for that terrible accident. And Miss Haddis back, bless her heart, <laughs> drugged to death under a pinto. And then uh, brother Cox, that was, we have to, we cannot forget brother Cox, who really was our sissy song director. Spelled I mean. C-O-X, but nevertheless, brother Cox. If you pitched it to a series, they'd say it's a little on the nose. It's on the nose, but he was, oh, he was, he loved Jesus. He or maybe in that case, on the penis. <laughs> a little on the penis. He was married. He was married to the organist. Uh, he played wait. the organ, not his. I was about to say, he played his own and several other gentlemen's maybe. Um, well, hello to all our regulars just rolling through the chat. Hey, Erica, Zana, Rick, Ken, Peter, Dean, Michael, Danielle. I love seeing all of your faces. Scott and Brian, how is everybody on a Tuesday? It's a, hey, I have to say something because I just, you know, I get my mail in West Hollywood. Uh, so I drove over there to get the mail and there was, um, there was a check. It's, it, it's so sweet that Bob, uh, I, I won't say his last name, but you know, keep his privacy. Uh, he uh, he sent a check and it was uh, for $46. And it was because I had said that uh, your copay <laughs> for your insurance was 23. So Bob, thank you for paying for Emerson's copay. And I got a little bonus just because. I know, and Santa paid for it last week. So I've got next month already paid off. Look at Wait. you. Leanne said, I just told my husband to stop talking that I'm in my therapy session. And oh. Leanne, Mine too. I mean, we're really just doing group therapy here together uh, in front of everybody. It is. Uh, but also sort of seriously, you know, with all of the uh, nonsense and important things both happening so much in our world at the moment, I really do enjoy this space. I enjoy that we have room to talk about complicated things, to talk about issues that affect our community and how we feel about them. It's feeling much more productive to me than just screaming on social media at strangers with avatars, you know, of like a donkey and a MAGA hat. Um, so we appreciate y'all all tuning in for our trip through the LGBTQ news and nonsense. Someone, someone wrote me the other day, they go, why do you expose so much of your personal life to the public? And I go, have you seen my work? <laughs> I mean, do you know who I am? This is not new. This is, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how to be any, any other way. I really don't. Well, I always say, I have a line past which I don't overshare. You don't have one of those. I have one a little more than Leslie Jordan. Leslie well, Jordan has no line at all. Um, That's so worked out well for him. It's worked out well. Yes, he is. He's exposed a lot of things. Uh, by the way, Leslie Jordan did me a very wonderful favor. He was, uh, he was, uh, he he talked about me on his Instagram this week, and I gained about two thousand fans or followers as a result of it. And Instagram verified me. Finally, I have my blue check mark. You so, are valid, Del Shore. I, I oh. It, it was like, it's the little things, Emerson. I mean, we're in this pandemic. I mean, I, I haven't gotten a movie deal. I haven't gotten a new series, but by God, I got that Instagram blue check this week. Yes, whereas for validation, I do a live stream radio show with you twice a week. <laughs> you already had your blue check, so shut up. It is true. It did not make, it did not stop me from hang, having anxiety and depression. So there's, there's that. It's, uh, well. All well, right. Shall we? Yes, shall we? We shall. You 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 have on the, the list that Clueless is 25 years old. We're going to skip that? 
Yes, because if you look at the times, what I do is if we take up that first part and pass the time of the first story, then we don't do that. I'm so glad that you told me that during the show. Thank you. All right, so let's It's get only the way it's happened every- I know, okay. But Clueless is 25. All right, it is. out there. Um, uh, this is uh, so, some sad yet uplifting news. Uh, uh, John Lewis passed away and I love this congressman so much. Uh, he was a, a civil rights legend. He was 80 years old. He died of pancreatic cancer. Uh, served a, as a representative for Georgia for 33 years. He grew up in Alabama, one of the original freedom riders. He helped organize the 1963 March on Washington, and he was a fixture at Selma uh, to Montgomery protest march. And he was uh, he was among dozens beaten by police officers while crossing the Edmund uh, Pettus Bridge in Selma. He worked to register black people to vote, and he worked with the Carter administration before being elected to the House in 1986. His most famous quote, and it has become one of my favorites, is find a way uh, to get in the way and to get in trouble, good trouble, necessary trouble. Uh, so Democrats are pushing to honor his legacy by passing the 2019 Voting Rights Advancement Act and name it the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act of 2020 to reverse the damage done by the 2013 uh, Supreme Court decision that gutted important provision of the Voting Rights Act, Voting Rights Act of 1965. A key issue uh, we have seen that is huge impact on our elections, including in Lewis's own Georgia. He was arrested 40 times, by the way, at least 40 times because of his activism, because of his civil rights, just fighting for civil rights. So- And I find him so specifically inspiring because he's such a great example of using all of the tools in the toolbox to affect change. You know, he marched, he protested, he was arrested, he got elected, he worked in legislation, he registered people for votes. You know, it's like, reminding us to use everything we have. The protests happening in Portland, that's important. The legislation that gets passed in our local communities about police forces, about voting, you know, using all of the tools, not just one, you know, that it takes all of that yes. to affect change and to see one man have done the full breadth of all of those things. Because I look at, you know, like just protesting isn't enough. We have to make the changes in the government. We're just passing the laws isn't enough if they aren't implemented effectively. And you have to protest to ensure that they are, you know, seeing one man do everything there is we can do is such a challenge to all of us. Yes, and you know, while they're, they're thinking of keeping up these these uh, people's statues who were traitors to our country, they should just knock them down and put up one of, of, uh, of uh, John Lewis. That would be a good statue to have. I just, yeah. uh, I, I, I used to love when uh, watching Congress and, and when, when cause when he, whenever he spoke, you just stopped. You go, okay. He has got something to say. He was no nonsense. Took no he was no bullshit. That let people have it when they needed to have it. And I he schooled a lot of people. In yeah. Congress. Yeah. And then worked in educating and training the next generation. I mean, a full legend of social and civil change. And I hope that he laughed joyously when Marco Rubio tweeted and did not put the right picture up. Did, <laughs> I mean, 
Y'all, it was just, how could you not say, is this right? Is this right? Also, you know, you knew him. You know, it's not like me when I get like all those blonde headed actresses that are sort of thin and bobble heady confused. I don't know any of them personally. Mark, you like you all worked in the same giant building. Bless his bigoted heart. It's not like, you know, in the early days on CNN getting, you know, Scotty Nail Hughes confused with Kaylee McEnany. That was valid. <laughs> they both look like they, you know, came in third in the Miss Iowa contest. It's, a, it's an honest mistake. Wasn't Scotty actually a pageant queen? Uh, she had to be. She had to be. Did I just make that up? Allegedly? I don't know that she was. I don't know. She's the one who blocked me and unblocked me because I tweeted her. Um, All right. Well, in, following up, we discussed uh, earlier last week uh, HUD's upcoming plan to change the equal access rule, right, for homeless shelters and the incredible harmful app impact it will have on trans people. Now, the text of the rule hasn't been released, but Vox released a leaked version on Friday, and the rule says shelter staff may determine an individual sex based on a good faith belief that an individual seeking access to the temporary emergency shelter is not of the sex as defined in the single sex facilities policy, which the facility accommodates. Now, that good faith belief, right, can take into account factors such as height, the presence, but not the absence, of facial hair, the presence of an Adam's apple, and other physical characteristics, which when considered together are indicative of a person's biological sex. If staffers don't judge the person to be female, they can demand proof of gender, including government-issued identification. Now, not only is this clearly targeting trans people, but also a whole lot of masculine-presenting women. You know, there are lots of tall women. There are lots of women that have issues with hair growth in various places on their body. I mean, the insanity of, like, uh, leaving it up to the random person that works at a shelter to be like, I don't believe you is just transphobic, not only, um, so in response to that, Maxine Waters and Jennifer Wexton wrote a letter to HUD urging them to reconsider the rule on the heels of the Bostock Supreme Court decision. We talked about how that Title VII decision, <clears throat> excuse me, could be used in a lot of other ways, saying its reasoning is potentially applicable to housing and other aspects of life. Carson responded that because shelters are temporary, they are not covered by the Federal Fair Housing Act. So it doesn't have to be fair because it's a temporary home for the most marginalized people. And he asserted that the existing rule permits any man simply by asserting that his gender is female to obtain access to a woman's shelter using a very old and standard and much maligned, stupid transphobic trope of like guys just walking in and being like, I'm a woman so I can be in with the women. So. More it's negative fair. news on that yeah, front. Obviously written by, by. <clears throat> um, so but but in that there's something that's positive that has come out of this. There are two organizations that we're gonna tell you about that they're just not waiting on HUD. They said a house for homeless transgender for people is being set up in New Orleans and it will be the first shelter of its kind in the US. Uh, the House of Tulip, I love the name, uh, has been fundraising to buy property in Louisiana that can be converted into safe housing uh, uh, to buy property in Louisiana that can be converted 
Uh, oh, I said that uh, for homeless, transgender, and uh, gender non-conforming people. Now, a, Go a GoFundMe has been set up, and what's really great is uh, since you wrote this, Emerson, uh, they're already up to three hundred. They were like moments away from three hundred thousand dollars when I checked right before the show, um, and their target is four hundred thousand. So they're going to make it. And they have placed a bid on some housing in New Orleans. They are going for it. They are on it. Uh, the House of Tulip, which stands for Trans United Leading Intersectional Progress, is a multiracial and multi-generational leadership body of 11 individuals in the New Orleans area that is majority black and majority women. According to the fundraiser, the plan is a long-term investment in housing solutions as members of our community gain stability through housing, They'll have a path to home ownership. And um, ultimately, the project hopes that the occupants will be able to rent and then buy houses of their own. Um, then a second um, one. And I just put the GoFundMe into the chat. So if you want to contribute to the House of Tulip, let's see if we can get over 300,000 if they're not there yet. Let me know if they are. Uh, I love numbers. Uh, the House of Tulip was uh, a second organization uh, is in Memphis. It's called My Sister's House. And it's son fundraising to, to build tiny homes for black trans women and non-binary people in Memphis. It provides uh, equitable housing, healthcare advocacy, career resources, and community spaces, and is now going uh, uh, building a it's building a small neighborhood of 20 tiny homes uh mortgage free and they have a gofundme that uh when we checked last was at 280 also uh and uh with a goal of 450,000 and they want to reach their goal by uh, June 2021 and they're going to do it they're going to do it so um the long term dream however goes just uh beyond building a neighborhood the goal is to build a retreat space that is self reliant trans led community with a farmers market community garden and a wide network of job opportunities. Kayla Gore and her team want to create a plot of land where people can lease out business space while also giving opportunities for tenants to live in these homes, to work, to cultivate the land, and to create a self-sustaining model. The idea was born out of the pandemic when several members who relied on services tested positive and were unable to isolate themselves. The organization is now under contract to purchase 28 acres in Memphis to build this stream. So also, if you can put that GoFundMe up to separate GoFundMe's, amazing, amazing vision that I love that they're doing this and taking something like this pandemic, which was so negative and turning it into something positive and productive. Yep, and these are the women of my sister's house. And I love this because, you know, they're putting people really on a path too to moving forward. One of the uh, hardest things about being unhoused is getting back on track, you know, beyond just renting, that they're creating opportunities for these trans people to invest in the home they are living in uh, and building equity and then creating an entire community around it. So that's so much more advantageous and helpful than just simply getting people into uh, a renting situation and building tiny homes. I mean, one of those tiny house shows should, should go follow my sister's house around and do a full season of trans tiny houses. They should, they should, they should help them build them, get involved, help decorate, right? I don't think that's what they do on that show. I think they just go look at the houses, right, oh and then God. decorate. I don't think I they don't build. Know. I just assumed. I just oh, you just had thoughts. I made a like leap. Jimmy and Rosalind Carter out building tiny houses for trans people. I think that would. I, 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 you know what? I, 
I can hit a hammer. I, I'm, I'm there. I will help. I will. Help. I cannot. When we moved into this apartment, this mirror you see over my head was the first thing we tried to hang on the wall. And the very first thing I did when the first nail was slam the, my thumbnail so hard that it exploded blood underneath. I was useless for the next two days till I had to go to the urgent care and have them pop it to drain the blood. I am not good with a hammer. Well, I'm not great, but I, I, let's not get, let's not go to that. I, you know, I don't go, Oh, that's fallen down. I can fix that. That's not the case. I can, I usually call people, but um, yeah. But, but yeah, so I put uh, the both fundraisers for the Tulip house and for my sister's house are, are both in the chat. So check those out and contribute uh, to the incredible work they're doing uh, to tackle the problem of homelessness in the trans community. Yeah. And then also up in dumb, frustrating news. So you saw there was a big to-do, right, about trying to ban Confederate flags and symbols anywhere in the military. Well, U.S. Defense Secretary Mark Esper signed an order that was supposed to be for that, but the new guidelines will also ban pride flags, Black Lives Matter flags, and other symbols that are not directly related to the American flag, flags of U.S. territories, et cetera, military flags. Under the guidelines, LGBTQ plus groups affiliated with the military will not be allowed to display the rainbow flag at any time, even during Pride Month. Furthermore, LGBTQ service members are no longer permitted to display the flag in their workspace. Esper wrote, the flags we fly must accord with the military imperative of good order and discipline, treating all our people with dignity and respect and rejecting divisive symbols. Here's where that's some bullshit. Uh, because the whole point is that the LGBTQ flag, Black Lives Matter flags, are about inclusion, about making sure people who have been historically marginalized or not included be a part of it, which is literally the opposite of what a symbol like the Confederate flag or those symbols are doing. So, um, Esper, that's some bullshit to call them divisive, because it's only divisive if you don't think that LGBTQ people should have equal rights or the black people should be treated equally. You know what, it's only divisive to fucking bigots. Let's be honest. That's what it. That's what it's divisive to. So yes, and our presumptive nominee Joe Biden did come out and say, banning the Confederate flag from military installations was long overdue. Banning the LGBTQ pride flag, the very symbol of diversity and inclusion is undeniably wrong. The Pentagon should ensure it is authorized, or as president, I will. So, all right, let's. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. You know, Trump saw all those numbers go down, and he threw on a mask. Hey, I'm. You know, if you, I don't care why he's doing it, there are too many stupid people who might now pay a tiny bit of attention because he did. Like, yes, for all the wrong reasons, but it protects all of us. Because there was, there's like Win Dixie or somebody that said they reversed their mask policy because Trump finally wore one. For all the wrong reasons, it still matters that he does because. Well, I, I mean, I had I had some people come after me on Instagram and Facebook because I did this. I thought was very funny. I mean, if y'all saw it, I got this um, this spray thing and did a fun. Go go on my Facebook and you'll see. It was a you know I call them mask holes. And this guy so I said, I two people actually said, I don't know why you're so concerned about other people wearing masks when your mask protects you. And I'm like, don't come to my page and spew your fucking ignorance because I don't need to educate you. You know, you know the truth. There is no way that you don't know that by you wearing a mask is 
a, a selfless act that is helping protect others from the possibility of your breath and your COVID breath. Yeah. Call them, you know, breath necks. They're just breath necks. That's kind of good. I kind of like that breath neck. <laughs> breath necks. He's just a breath neck. Um, all right. Is it me? Uh, it is. I just went on a rant. I'm, we're, we're, we're running over. I've got it. Okay. So it last does not thing, matter. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced the creation of a new commissioner of unalienable rights, which he said would seek answers to questions like, how do we know or how do we determine whether that claim that this or that is a human right, it is true and therefore ought to be honored? He said words like rights can be used for good or evil. I just like to pause right now. Mike Pompeo, you are the Secretary of State. You need to learn to compose a sentence better than that. Okay, the commission was filed with anti-LGBTQ and Christian conservative activists and even resulted in a lawsuit that accused the State Department of developing an alternative definition of human rights that excludes women and LGBTQ people likely in violation of the United States treaty obligations. Now a draft of the commission's report shows that fear was well-founded. The report mentions religion or religious freedom 43 times, but it doesn't mention LGBTQ people at all outside of labeling marriage equality and anti-discrimination uh, measures, divisive social and political controversies. Uh, Tara DeMant of Amnesty International USA said the administration is seeking to create a hierarchy of rights where it gets to decide which rights are unalienable um, and which rights are what it calls in the reports divisive social and political controversies, a category which predictably includes sexual and reproductive rights and LGBT Right. Well, it's interesting, too, because they use the same word, right? Divisive. Uh, it's, it's a theme with this administration and clearly a mandate to consider our community and our existence and our equality divisive. Same thing with Black Lives Matter, you know, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Pe marginalized people asking for equal treatment and equal opportunity is considered divisive by the people who have the power. And they just want to say, no matter what, our religion matters more than anything else. And because and their their version of their religion says that we shouldn't be treated equally, and they want to do everything in their power to protect that bullshit. You like that today? You say bullshit a lot. I know. I'm feeling. I know you. You you usually have a, a much cleaner mouth than me, but today you, you're you're letting bullshit fly. I'm just bullshit. I'm just distilling it down to its true essence. It, 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 um. All right. Well, this isn't specifically gay, but also it is. It is. <laughs> um, there is. Uh, hold on. I got to get <clears throat> to the thing first. Um, a very excited thing has happened. Uh, I would hope that many of you recognize the iconic Golden Girls house. Well, it has just hit the market for the first time ever. Blanche's mid-century home at their address of 6151 Richmond Street in Miami is officially up for sale for only $3 million. Now it's really in LA, it's in Brentwood, but they really did for the first season, shoot the exterior shots at that home. It is a 2,900 square foot, four bedroom, Adobe custom built house. 
But if you want it, you better act fast because according to People, the reality stars, the Property Brothers from HGTV have already expressed interest. It's also the very first time, and let me see if I can switch, that fans are having the opportunity to see inside the house. And of course, we all know the inside of the Golden Girls house real well. So this image is just absolutely shocking that this is the inside of that actual house. Oh. I know, I'm like, where's the sofa? Where's Blanche's boudoir? Where's, like, where's that wallpaper? I mean, all that wallpaper. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, that that will uh, remember when the Brady Bunch house went up and and Lance Bass bought it or tried to buy it and then someone snaked him and offered more. It was oh, it was a big nasty controversy. Oh, scandalous. Just go Google uh, it. Google it. The, uh, wait, yeah, Ken. That's what Ken said. They want to do it like they did the Brady House, make it look like the sets. Yeah, I would hope that someone would buy it, and then what they should do now is just decorate it like the actual TV show and Airbnb it for all the money in the world. And have uh, drag queens run it as the Golden Girls. <laughs> like the better break, like the later yeah. seasons when they took over that that hotel. You know, Jackie Beat as, uh, as uh, what's her name, Dorothy. Well, I, I mean, just think it could be like your sorted lives apartment. Just let it be the real house and then everybody can go with their friends and be like, you have to be the Dorothy and they can act out scenes, do your favorite moments. Sit at the kitchen table. You think if I went down somewhere to the south and I just bought like a trailer and just threw a bunch of shit in it and I could Airbnb it as Nolita's trailer and then I do sissies right by, I could, you know, there's Well, my you should do it as one property. You just do the house with the trailer out back and let it go to groups of like six or eight. And then the, the real white trash people can rent Nolita's and the people in sissies can be upset about it. Win-win. Uh -huh. uh, all right, uh, this is, uh, I like this story very much because it has to You're do, welcome. Yes, it has to do with someone that I admire very much. And I we, we tweeted each other about this this morning. So thank you for- um, Also, wait, uh, will you be Blanche? I am definitely a Blanche. Who are you? Me? Yes. Probably Sophia, because I just am so forgetful lately. <laughs> Carrying my parts around. Uh, yeah. Saying anything, the just that's I would rather be Sophia because she just said whatever the fuck she wanted to. You uh -huh. know, that's where I'm headed. Yeah. Uh, I started already. Uh, so well, okay. So in nineteen, uh, I mean nineteen, uh, twenty seventeen, the Donald Trump campaign used memory from Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, cats at a rally. At the time, cats veteran and Tony winner uh, Betty Buckley urged Weber to take legal action and she tweeted, thanks everyone for telling me about memory play being played at 45's rally, not with my permission, certainly. When Tom Petty's family barred Trump from using his music, Buckley commented, you should do the same Andrew Lloyd Weber, seriously. And just this past week, three years later, the Weber's representatives confirmed that his theater company sent a cease and desist letter to Trump, said no, fucking way no more, followed by, it didn't really say that, but following multiple requests by Betty Buckley. Oh, she, if you don't follow Betty Buckley on Twitter, please do, because she, oh, she hates Trump. She hates him so much. Uh, so just this last week, uh, uh, oh, I already said that. So Trump, uh, uh, Trump's campaign team will be barred from using this, the song 
at rallies ahead of the Republican National Convention in August when news of the uh, cease and desist letter uh, became reportedly mailed, uh, Buckley tweeted, excellent news. Thank you guys. Hippity haw. Uh, you, I love everything about this story that it was like a three-year process for like Andrew's giant company that's busy licensing licensing Joseph to like its 7,000th community theater production. I was in one of those once. Um, that three years later, they were like, by the way, you can't use this song. And then I have a very serious question. Why the fuck are you playing memory to get people in the mood for a political rally? I know it shouldn't be. I think that in the, this next uh, convention, it should be bad memories. Is there a song called Bad Memories? But like, it is not an uplifting song. Or the like, wall. can you imagine you're rolling into a rally, right? Memory <laughs> all alone in the moonlight. Like. What were they pumping people up for? Was it the in memoriam? I don't know. For the, for the Trump fans terrible. that died because they didn't wear masks? Don't you? Yeah, well, that could be now. It, it is very funny. And the fact that Betty Buckley hates him so much and he was playing her. I mean, he, he needs to, someone is not doing their research. They are just, uh, it is, they're, they're not so digging true. deeply. You know, there's like a 1990 or something Tony performance that Betty does. Uh, there's three of them that come out and do their iconic songs. And it's on our like regular YouTube feel good playlist. Just watching Betty sing memory. Just makes oh, me happy. I, I, on her birthday recently, I, I tweeted her, uh, her Tony acceptance speech and her singing on the, it wasn't that one though. This was just the, the cats. This was just all the cats. Um, well, we've reached the halfway point in our show, so this is the point where I will shamelessly tell you that we do this to entertain, to keep you informed, to have discussions with each other and you all, uh, but also it takes a good bit of effort, and we are unemployed creators and entertainers, so if you have some dollars you would like to spare, you are welcome to send them to us as a tip, as a support, on Venmo, at Emerson Collins, or on PayPal to BeardCollinsShoresProductions at gmail.com. That info is in the bottom. It is not required, it is not expected. We know many of you are hurting just like we are. If this pandemic unemployment assistance, that $600 a week doesn't get extended after the end of this month, so many people that have just been able to pay their rent by that additional assistance up to this point, I think we're gonna see a huge housing crisis and a bunch of people like just not able to afford their rents and mortgages um, in the fall. Like I think we're headed for a bigger economic crisis if Republicans in the Senate refuse to engage with the Democrats on the House side with like really acknowledging too many people have no way to make money in order to like continue living. And then our homeless problem goes up and everything exponentially explodes. That was a dark hole, but if you want to send us a few dollars. <laughs> I was going to say, Emerson, after last week when I specifically said, you know, Emerson's got a bill for $23. I was just thinking, you know, I'm just going to give my stack of bills here. and My car payment's coming up. Uh, I've got this mortgage uh -huh. payment. So uh -huh. should I get specific with how much? Or No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, I, I'll start holding up dogs, chihuahuas. Yeah. They need their treats. They need their, where are you, Sissy Marie? Um, and y'all, we really do appreciate it, you know, because we've talked about like, what are ways that we that could do this and make money, but we don't want to go to like a paid service or anything like that. So those those tips really are what's keeping us able to show up uh, twice a week and do this. Yeah. Um, all right. 
in really quick news, just fun uh, shout out, singer Avery Wilson, who competed on The Voice back in 2012 when he was 16, just came out as bisexual on his 25th birthday. He didn't win The Voice, but he did make a good enough impression that he was signed to RCA. And he posted a tweet saying simply, I'm bisexual. Okay, bye. He got a lot of support, others who said they assumed, and of course the Bible quoters. He followed it up on Instagram with a longer statement saying, in my eyes, life isn't about being perfect. It's about growth, evolving, setting, and smashing goals, and most importantly, happiness and love. I'm all about perfecting my love of self while not being afraid to love whoever I want, however I want. That real entanglement type shit. So welcome, Avery, and congratulations. Little yeah, bisexual yeah. visibility. It's so, I, I, you know, I'm a big, big voice fan, and so I, I was trying to place him, and I just... Uh, I just Googled images and uh, I remember him well. He's very, very talented, wonderfully talented. All right, we got a little uh, a little fight going on and that I love. Uh, with your fave. With my favorite, Karen McEnany. I tell her, it's like, oh, I, I've spoiled the joke. Uh, I, I was gonna say, you first. just. I, I called her that first. So Kaylee McEnany, who was asked by uh, about black people being killed by police and she, Miss Whitey, went on a rant that mentioned Chicago's lesbian mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Now, if you have seen Lori Lightfoot speak and speak her mind, this was a stupid move. So Megan Andy said, so are white people. She said that the issue was Democrat cities not controlling their streets. She brought up Chicago instead of Lightfoot, people dying in her, in her, on the streets of her city every weekend. The derelict, derelict, Mayor of Chicago should step up and ask for federal help because she's doing a very poor job at securing her streets. Um, Lightfoot delighted the internet with her simple clapback as she quote tweeted the comment and said, hey, Karen, watch your mouth. And I'm pretty sure she censored fucking. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Kaylee up there with her binder full of hate tabs and binder full of tabs. I just, you know, she is such a little, uh, oh God, that, that interview with Mike Wallace where he says, Kaylee, Kaylee, and she comes running over there with that binder trying to find whatever he needs because, of course, he doesn't have it in his head what he needs. Prove it, prove it, whatever the fuck he was trying to prove. We're, yeah. That's Chris not Wallace, true. I mean, but yes. I mean, yes, yes, sorry, yes. Mike Wallace, you know, <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> he was great, too. All right. Um, all right, this next one, you know, um, I like sharing these stories. Christian author Matthew Paul Turner, who's written children's books such as When God Made You and When God Made Light, made a big announcement over the weekend. He and his wife of nearly 20 years, Jessica, are getting a divorce, and also because he's gay. The 44-year-old father of three and Elizabeth Warren supporter, I should note, because that was important to me, wrote in a long post, Dear friends, I have difficult news to share. After much thought and counseling, Jessica and I have made the decision to end our marriage. While we're best friends and thoroughly love doing life, parenting, and pursuing our dreams together, ending our marriage is necessary because I'm gay. He explained that he's no long known he was gay, but spending over three decades in fundamentalist evangelical churches forced him to keep his true feelings buried. He said, I've lived many days overwhelmed by fear, shame, and self-hatred. Though my own faith evolved long ago to become LGBTQ plus affirming, my journey toward recognizing, accepting, and embracing myself took much longer. 
He thanks Jessica and said, I would not be able to say that without Jessica's undying grace and support. I fell in love with her 17 years ago and still love her deeply. Despite her own grief and pain, she has loved and encouraged me to be fully me. He said he will continue to write children's book and that his publisher, Convergent, is supportive. He also added, this my, I love this. We ask that you be kind and respectful toward us. Anyone who posts comments laced in shame, criticism of our family, our theology, or our choices will be blocked. Yes. yes. Absolutely. You know, and I went, to, I went to Facebook and read, she posted a very long, eloquent statement as well. Clearly, they like wrote them together and talked about them a lot before they posted. And all the comments underneath both of their posts were really loving and really affirming. Uh, on her post had several other women share that they'd been through the same thing. One woman said, 25 years ago, my husband came out, uh, you know, we and we are still best friends. He's married to a wonderful man. 21 years ago, I married another man. We still have our holidays together. Another woman said, I went through this seven years ago. Um, I just found this, this version of this really affirming and really supportive. Yeah, well, it's not unsimilar to to my journey, and you know, we all have our ups and downs with in relationships. But my ex wife Kelly and I are, are good friends now, and uh, we we uh, love our daughters. And I I do I also celebrate all my holidays with the Alexanders, and uh, yeah. they have they have always let me be part of the family, and I appreciate that. And I thought it was interesting. He said his faith journey for other people was LGBTQ affirming before he was able to deal with his own personal journey. You know, that he already evolved in his personal theology, but couldn't look at his own life and really say those things and acknowledge those things and do those things. And it made me think, the more the changes in the church happen, right? That story with Jen Hatmaker, the more people who are in the church, who stay in the church, change their beliefs and yeah. their communities, you know, then there could come a day where there are no people of faith living this story, where there is no man who feels obligated to marry a woman. And right. it's great that they're dealing with this wonderfully, but you know, that there aren't any more people who even have to go through the pain of that separation journey together because of the pressure that was put on them to conform in a certain way to begin with. Yeah, that re I mean, that religious damage, uh, it, it, for me, it was just so deep. And there were it was always amazing to me how I evolved in so many ways and 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 rejected so much of the teachings, but it took me so long to accept myself. And I think a lot of people have that, you know, um, that, yeah. that same that same journey. So, um, yes. We made a whole movie about it. I did. It's called Southern Baptist Sissies. If you haven't seen it, it is now streaming on Broadway HD, starring the amazing Emerson Collins. Uh, and, uh, and it's on Prime. Right. So yes, I believe so. All right. Well, uh, uh, this is an interesting story. I thought you'd enjoy this a little yeah. bit. Jer Jer Jeremy Roenick is a former NHL hockey player and NBC analyst speaking on the hockey focus Spittin' Chicklets sure. podcast. Roenick said, I'm swimming with my wife and Car Catherine, and they've got their bikinis on. Let me. <clears throat> I'm gonna do that again. I'm gonna. I, I need to channel some straight energy here. I'm swimming with my wife and Catherine. We got their bikinis on, and they look fucking smoking ass and moves everywhere. It's great. He was referring to Catherine Tapper, a sportscaster who also covers the NHL for NBC. He was suspended, issued an apology, and NBC Sports later fired him as a commentator. 
But now he has filed a lawsuit alleging essentially anti-straight bias, arguing that NBC violated the state's ban on discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender. As proof, his suit offers up figure skater Johnny Weir. And in 2018, Weir made an off-color joke about figure skater Brandy uh, Tennell in a scripted parody video posted to Instagram by figure skater uh, Tara Lipinski. He said, I'm really hoping we get to see her quads during this program. Even though Tennell didn't make any quadruple jumps in the footage, he was commenting on uh, the jump and was a pun about quadriceps or thigh muscles. So Ronick cites the Weir controversy in his lawsuit saying that he asked why Weir wasn't fired for a joke about women's quads while Ronick was fired for discussing his co-workers ass and boobs and calling her fucking smoking. He says his supervisor, Sam Flood, told him Weir is gay and can say whatever. Talk amongst yourself. That was a I, load. Okay, first of all, gay men can be misogynistic. In fact, there are women who talk about gay men who feel entirely too comfortable to comment on women's appearance, women's bodies, you know, because we're not interested in your boobs doesn't mean we can play with them, talk about them, dismiss them, whatever. That said, I feel like this is the kind of guy who what he really wanted to say in the whole, whole lawsuit was, it's a compliment. I said, I said it was good, you know, it wasn't an insult, she has great tits and ass. Why is that a problem? They were fucking smoking. They were fucking smoking. The compliment. Just take the compliment. I'm now scratching my balls, if y'all can't tell, just because it feels like to me that you would do that while you said something like that. But despite the ability of gay men to very often be misogynistic, the idea that Johnny making a double entendre joke about quads versus quads I don't think quads are typically sexualized in the same way that tits and ass are. And it was a scripted parody, which they did pull because they felt that, you know, there were some issues with it. That is just not the same as saying we were out in the swimming hole and I saw some good tits and ass and she's fucking smoking. Man, look at her quads. I mean, you just don't hear that often. Her, her quads are smoking, man. Bro. Yeah. Also, just the word quads. It's like if you were going to be misogynistic, I feel like you'd go ahead more towards thighs. Thighs. Quads is a little technical. You know, it's like penis versus cock. Either one's fine with me. <laughs> I like both. I'm a fan of both. Dang. Um, yeah, wait, hold on. This is great. Brent said, he's, so he's saying straight lives matter. That's literally a whole lawsuit to be like, I'm such a persecuted straight person. My straightness is being persecuted. All right. Enough of this silly man. <laughs> I like when you get done before I do. You're like, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, next. I'm just interested in your next story, Emerson. That's it's just it's always funny because it's usually me trying to drive a pace, so it always gets me tickled because you zone out. for Like, I can tell you start reading the comments, and then you go, uh-huh. I haven't read any comments, but now that you've said that, I'm just going to read during your next story. But I will go on because then my yeah, continued. Start, me. I'm not even paying attention to it this next round. <laughs> uh, my continuing search to address all different aspects of our community. This is a little story about gays in gaming. 
queer people. Now, the creator of Assassin's Creed, a very well-known popular video game, are known for weaving in queer and trans experiences within the game's plot. And their latest, the Viking-themed Assassin's Creed Valhalla, has a hot cruising moment. In a new video clip you can find on the interweb, from the game, it shows players have the option for a same-sex scene between two male Viking characters. Ivor, the lead character, who can be played as either male or female, and a side character named Broder. In the clip, an obviously horny Broder approaches Ivor as he is examining a boar presented on a table. Broder says, the boar represents fertility. Did you know that? You know, just making conversation. Ivor says, as does Freyr. What's your point? Little pushback. Broder, flirting more. You impress, Ivor. Your battle wisdom, your strength of character, skilled in so many ways. Yet I wonder, is there any skill of mine that I could impress upon you? The subtlety is gone. Ivor, even a fool has something to teach, whether they're aware of the lesson or not. Broder, aye, aye, but I could show you how to wield my plow sword. Whoa. Then the player's Ivor has three choices. A, I am not interested. B, have another mead, friend. Or three, you want to lay with me? Boop, boop, boop. If you want to get laid, Ivor responds saying, be plain about it, stiff spear. So the erections are raging. You want to lay with me, is that it? Broder insists, that I do. Will you follow me to a place more comfortable? I assume upon some furs or something. Ivor responds enthusiastically, a good plow sword is a rare thing. Lead the way. Rodor leads Ivor to a hidden place near their gathering in the woods. Just after Ivor goes in to kiss Brodor, the camera pans away only to return after the deed is done. Oh, well, there's I mean, so silly, fun. but like, I love that. There are video games and like they have been um, in their games, like really creating moments that are specifically queer for queer people to engage in. And I love that it's a choice because you could play along the straight version and be like, no, have another drink, you crazy drunk. Or be like, mm, no, not interested. I feel like if you go with, I'm not interested, you're a little homophobic. Like you could still have a drink with this dude that hit on you. I um, really feel like that we should try to make plow swords start happening more. I feel oh, like. Yes. Uh, yes. I My mean, plow like, sword. like on Grinder, how big's your plow sword? Um, but also, I feel like, look, look at them. Look at the two of them. That's Brodor and Ivor. Yeah, I'd like to see. I'm sorry they cut away. I know, I'm sure there's some gamer that's like rendered the video like on one of those sites where you can make like animated animated porn to like finish the scene. Yeah, that is a, that's a hot couple. All right, um, so here we go. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Ian Lee is a popular British radio host, comedian and reality TV personality who came out as bisexual last summer during a live episode of his talk radio show. Shortly after revealing he is bisexual, he tweeted, this week I kind of uh, came out on the air as bi and the support has been nuts. I should vote. This week I kind of came out on the air as bi and the support has been nuts. So like, thanks. I'll probably delete this tweet as I still feel embarrassed and ashamed and weird, but I'm working on it. Not long after that, Lee said his family had stopped talking to him. He tweeted, childish, disappointing, and very sad. I expect more from my family when strangers have been so kind. Now he says guys won't stop sending him their unsolicited nudes. He told Metro in an interview, I had like the 
tiniest glimpse of what it might be like to be a woman online. What I mean by that is I started getting people sliding into my DMs, sliding into my DMs <laughs> on Instagram. I started getting young men sending me topless muscle shots. I got a couple of cock pics and I got, I love that, cock pics. And I got a few, I'd love to meet you for a drink, but they, I feel like I'm doing more Australian than British, but they weren't even my type. My type is kind of these were all, these were all younger men. So Lee calls the whole situation weird and not particularly flattering. He said, it made me feel uncomfortable and I didn't like it. Asked by Metro this week whether he has a boyfriend, Lee responded, I'm not in a relationship with a bloke. That's not where my head is at the moment. Who knows? But at the moment, that's not where things are. And I don't see them going that way. I love that it's a little bit like a little British little old lady. Brent said, Dale, did you learn that from Dick Van Dyke? I did. That's where I learned my British accent. I felt like I had to attempt it. I just felt like, I mean, I did do a British accent when I was a kid in A Canterbury Tale from The Wife of Bath. But oh. I don't think that any of us did a very good one. Probably not then. This is Ian Lee. I just found it entertaining, um, so you know, because, uh, you know, he came at us bisexual. I think from, based on his story, there hasn't been necessarily a lot of exploration on that side for him. And so like opening your DMs and seeing a bunch of torsos and penises, if you haven't made it to the apps yet, would be disconcerting. Well, it happens to me on a regular basis on Instagram only. It doesn't happen on Facebook, but it happens all the time on Instagram where it's almost always very young gay men. You're, you act like you're mad. <laughs> I am, it doesn't happen to me. It doesn't? No, no. I, I get at least two or three a week now where people send me, uh, I, yesterday someone sent me a, a video and I'm like, what? you didn't even say hi. You didn't even say hi before you, you know, you showed me your, um, what's that word? I, I got to start using it. That, uh, the- Plow sword. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Hashtag plow swords. <laughs> plow sword. You showed me your plow sword. Why did you show me your plow sword? How big is your plow sword? <laughs> Well, and it's, you know, it's the age old problem, right? If you find it attractive, it's a compliment. If not, it's harassment. So well, yeah, honestly, Emerson, I, I maybe at one point, but now I just find it like annoying because I, I do, I, I'm like, I'm not here for that. I'm really not here for that. It's just so much effort anyway. So don't send me your dick. I not on Instagram. If I'm on Grinder or Scruff and you do that, uh, you know, if you lead off with your asshole, that's not my favorite thing for you to do. I'd love to see a face. Just what, if a it, face. what if it winks? Like if it's <laughs> like a, a boomerang and it's just winking. We have just spiraled way off course here. It is funny though. Okay, first of all, real talk y'all. Don't send people unsolicited things if you don't know that they're interested. That is like weird harassment. That said, I find it entertaining. I always find it complimentary. Um, and it's also awkward because Blake gets way more than I do. And I try not to let that affect my self-esteem. Well, now I get more than you do. So I think you, you should. Do. I think you should let it affect your self-esteem. <laughs> Because you've got a lot of self-esteem, so maybe you shouldn't. I'm suffering from depression and anxiety, and I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not using that as an excuse.
Um, I am making light of it only to be silly, y'all, because like we do also have to laugh about the difficult things we're going through. Yes, we do. I just feel I need to make a disclaimer. I'm not diminishing diminishing anyone's experience or my own. Um, I do. We have one more. I'll get through one more quick story. Back in the gamer world, uh, a new reality competition show for players of the cult popular age-old game The Sims premiered on Friday on TBS called The Sims Sparked. Twelve contestants who are mostly simfluencers, that's the word for them, from YouTube and Twitch, are taking part in challenges via the game. For example, they design two rival families from different neighborhoods, or they have to create a specific storyline, competing for the grand prize of $100,000. And I love this, I never played it, but The Sims has long been praised for its inclusivity, allowing players to simulate same-sex relationships, queer families, non-binary characters, and a wide range of gender expression. And they are in the competition, uh, heavily featuring issues of gender, sexuality, race, and class. And this is the first mainstream reality show revolving around a computer game. One of the judges, Taylor Parks, said, the theme of the show and the game is you come as you are and play however represents you. For me, as a bisexual black woman, I always found the game really valuable. And the host is out former American Idol contestant and singer-songwriter Rayvon Owen, who we yeah, love. Good. We love him. We yeah, love him. so check it out. If you missed it on TBS or don't have cable, you can also see all the episodes on YouTube. So show up, support. It should be a fun uh, new game show about computer games, and you don't have to play the games. It's like the way I watch cooking shows. I don't cook, but I love cooking shows. But Sims has been around forever, right? Because I remember my kids used to play Sims. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, Rayvon. Um, I know. Well, let's. So you've got to go in a minute. Does anybody I have? have a, I have another thing. I have another uh, interview. Um, Any final questions or comments while I run out our final commercial? Um, if you want to tip and support the show, you can on Venmo at Emerson Collins or PayPal Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. Huge thank you to Michael and Allison and Chuck and Victor who have all contributed today during the show. Um, Allison, I think you uh, are winning as the longest running, most consistent supporter. But well, we really do appreciate all of you doing that. Because I'm spending it. So I don't know. Someone's accusing us of ignoring YouTube viewers, and we don't. We don't ignore YouTube viewers. So God, what are you talking about? We see the we see the comments from everywhere. The YouTube all comments all come in together. So um, we don't get to every comment from every person, every show, because we do have a plan uh, for the stories. But we but, do but see God, everything. We appreciate you, and please don't feel that way. Um, it's love here. Yes. Here, got. Um, uh, I just want to, real quick, two quick things. Debbie yeah. Hall is performing tonight at 6 o'clock on her Facebook, and we love Debbie. All original material. All original material. And I just want to say this, because you know him, and they, they're so special to me. It's Patrick Parker's 40th birthday today, so I just wanted to say, happy birthday, Patrick Parker. Oh, yay. Wait, hold on. Y'all, I'm in the mood to play with some people. Matthew, we're not ignoring you. Clapped out civic. Those are just like three random words in a row. I don't know what to say to that. What is that? I don't want to... Well, nothing. He said that, and then he said, you're ignoring me about clap that clapped out civic, though. Like, literally, what do those words mean, Matthew? Erica, the name of the show is The Sims Sparked. S-P-A-R-K apostrophe D. Um... But yeah, so we appreciate everybody wherever you watch. Yes, we appreciate all of you being here. Guys, don't get, don't get be like that. There's too much crazy going up in the uh, on in the world. There's too much.
heartache and, and despair and depression. So please don't get your panties in a wad over us not putting your comment up. We, we, we do our best here and we, we really do appreciate you and love you all. With and that. If, yes, and if you show up regularly, you get to know everybody else. You know, we recognize all of the people in the comments as well. So, uh, wait, it, did you have a couch for sale? Do I have a couch for sale? I do not. <laughs> We're losing the plot here. Someone, someone asked if I had a couch for sale. No, I, I gave away. Uh, is the couch for sale or no? I actually, Adam, thank you for asking. I actually uh, gave that couch to um, um, uh, someone who needed it. How's that? All right. Well, Dell's got an interview, and we will see you all on Friday.